If we have two American women, Meghan Markle and Oprah Winfrey, who are single-handedly finishing what George Washington and our revolutionary counterparts did, I'm all for it. Okay. Whoopi Goldberg has gone viral for her one-word reaction to Meghan McCain's comments on The View about Meghan Markle. Okay. Comedian Justin Martindale tweeted a clip of that exchange and said, It's 2021 and we are all Whoopi. Over it today. Over it today. Over it today. Over it today. Okay, so what we're going to Mr. Potato Head, it's Pepe Le Pew. Pepe doesn't do that anymore. Well, nobody likes Pepe Le Pew anyway. He smells. Rather the have them that held than released back into be, countries well, where I'm they're at risk. Well, I'm glad that you're okay with children being held in jail-like facilities. I because think that's I think a stretch. All, all right, cut behind. Someone who suffers from mental health issues, including anxiety and depression. I'm not saying about you, no, Sarah. No, but do you think someone like Ted Bundy is mentally healthy, or do you think there's also a problem there? Psychopathic. Like, I don't think mental it's health different. issues caused, it's a psychopathic. caused Ted Bundy P- to kill. You know what, guys? Right now, we're going to break. That's this all. I'm done. Exists. I said my said thing, and you, you said, said yours. It was we're a done. fantasy. You said Antifa doesn't exist, we'll and it's a right fantasy back. like this. It's, a, it's an idea. It's an, an idea. idea. Before we go, I want to make sure I congratulate Tiffany Haddish, who won the Best Comedy Album Grammy yesterday at the Grammys. Grammys were hot, I have to say. We want everyone to have a great day. Take a little time to enjoy the view. Wash your hands. You know, brush your teeth. Uh, wash your... Yeah. You know, just get your vaccine if you're eligible. What? And everything else that we always say. Oh, oh, here's my sweater. Oh, my goodness. Here it is. That's me. There I am. We'll see you tomorrow. Michelle Obama. <laughs> was I supposed to? Was I supposed to say? I'm so sorry. Michelle Obama. <laughs> Tyler Perry. Mm-hmm. Kristen Chenoweth. Uh huh. 2009. Wow. Who was the most fascinating of 2009? And who was not? fascinating at all what a fun mix of people in contrast to the other like the more recent not recent (laughs) the the years that we recently did that were like three politicians i haven't heard of or nancy pelosi (laughs) barack obama john mccain sarah (laughs) van You know what I mean. Don't there know was one. Him. No, listen. There was one specific year where me and Sean were both like, "I'm sorry, what?" Um, okay, Michelle Obama, Tyler, Tyler Perry. Perry, and Broadway beloved Broad- Broadway diva <laughs> Kristen Chenoweth. And what was the year? Two thousand nine. I, I don't. It's like, I don't know why Kristen Chenoweth would be on the list, but then I don't, I also don't know why you would just randomly pick Kristen Chenoweth. To me, that feels very, like you, you wouldn't try to trick me with that. You would have picked something more difficult. Because of that, I feel like maybe Kristen Chenoweth was actually on the list. So I'm going to say that Tyler Perry was the most interesting 
and that Kristen was on the list and that in 2009, Michelle Obama was not on Barbara's list. Well, you don't know me. (laughs) (laughs) Kristen Chenoweth was not on the Uh, list. Why would you? It's like you were doing you. It's like you tried to. You got inside my brain so deep. You like you were like. (laughs) You were Jennifer Lopez in the cell, and you went in so deep that you were like, I'm going to reverse psychology her into picking someone who definitely would never be on the list to the point that she then convinces herself they must be on the list. <laughs> she, I think she did win an Emmy that year for Pushing Daisies, but she's not on the list. Michelle Obama is the most fascinating person of mm-hmm. 2009. I suppose maybe you would have thought 2008, but that was Barack's yeah. year. 2009 right. was all about Michelle. Right. And Tyler Perry was on the list. Mm-hmm. See, like, in my, like, stupid little brain, I was like, I don't know, maybe, like, Kristen Chenoweth was on the list because of, like, Glee or something. Like, I was trying was so hard. She was nominated for an Emmy for Glee. Did you I know that? I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. Not that year, but... It seems so strange now looking back, but in the moment, Glee was getting nominated for awards. Let me for acting. Let me fact check that real quick. <laughs> Kristen Chenoweth Emmy nomination Glee. Oh, she can't help me. It says I'm not sure if Kristen Chenoweth was nominated. Siri was like, "Sorry, I'm not a Glee. <laughs> <laughs> not a Glee." <laughs> Okay, the, yeah, that no, that actually makes sense. And I just like was like trying so hard to not get played that I played myself. <laughs> okay, this should be somewhat easier. God. 2010, General David Petraeus, <laughs> the cast of Jersey Shore. <laughs> Stop. The children of Michael Jackson. Oh my God. I don't think, I don't, I don't recall who General David is, but I don't think that's the person that you would have just randomly picked. So I'm going to say that the cast of Jersey Shore was not on the list, even though it doesn't seem like that crazy of an idea for them to be on the list. And I'm going to say that the children of Michael Jackson were Barbara's most interesting people that year. Oh, okay. So, wrong again, Marie. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe you said that would be easier. That was, like, one of the hardest. Well, General David Petraeus, who Uh uh, recognized the name, but I don't really know who he is. He apparently, he, like, took command in Afghanistan. Like, he he was in charge of that whole mission, I guess. And Barbara really, like, gasses him up in the special by being like, oh, he's so reasonable anyways. He was the most fascinating that year. What? Yeah. The cast of Jersey Shore was on the list. (sighs) She did speak with them. (laughs) I couldn't have been more wrong. And, well, the thing is, the children of Michael Jackson were on the list, but not in 2010. They were on oh. the list in 2009. That makes sense. God. Gag. I always Just when I get, like, overconfident about how close me and Barbara are, something like 2008 or 2009 and 2010 happens and humbles me. <laughs> it's hard to get in her mind. Yeah. I need to turn a light on. 
You ever just home in the dark and you think, I gotta turn a light on? <laughs> Who here relates? <laughs> Clap if you relate. <laughs> so, Marie, I have one question for you. Yep. How you been, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> How you going? Where have you been, bitch? Um, I'm good. Why? Like you asked, like like you asked that as if you had some like information or like some there, like as if I had news to share. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I don't know. I just thought since we're here, I might as well ask how you are. <laughs> I'm fine, Kevin. Lay off me, God. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm no. I'm doing fine i'm doing well it's it's getting nicer out so that's great have you been riding your bmx bike at all um short answer no uh i put it away for the winter and i haven't taken it out yet the thing about the bmx bike if i'm gonna be if i am real with everyone is that it goes really really fast (laughs) (laughs) and as an as an adult too fast when you're like when yeah when you're a kid and you're on a bmx bike it's like you and the bike are about the same size so the weight distribution is pretty even so if you're flying down a hill you don't feel like you're gonna like topple over and flip over but as an adult on a tiny child's bike i constantly feel like i'm like about to like fly over the handlebars yeah because it's i feel like a a circus bear riding one of those little baby bikes you know (laughs) um that's like the visual in my mind when i'm on the bmx and it goes really fast and there's only one little break and so i wouldn't say it's necessarily designed for like city living But that's not to say that I won't take it out soon. I I like to ride it like when when there's not that much traffic late in the evenings, you know? That's the <laughs> fantasy. It's like a, a warm summer's day, just ate mm-hmm. some barbecue, and now I'm going for a, a little ride around the neighborhood late on my bike. Late at night while dressed up as the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> Swinging my Harley Quinn bat. That's the fantasy. So that's not to say I won't get to that, but I haven't yet. The only reason that I thought of that is because on my walk home just now, mm-hmm. I was listening to an episode of Deja the View from exactly one year ago for reasons that I'll get to later. Mm-hmm. But I was trying to <laughs> I was trying to find something in an episode from a year ago. And where you were at in life was you were reading the book boy erased and Mm. purchasing a bmx bike so that is like (laughs) such a dark like looking back i'm like that is so dark like why was i doing that i remember i was like i read mysterious skin and boy erased back to back and bought a bmx bike like if that isn't like would a could a a depressed person do this if that isn't that meme then like (laughs) i don't know what is it's so dark looking back hopefully in a year when i listen back to this i like won't feel the same way (laughs) 
I guess. Okay, so the last couple of weeks on The View, very different than the two weeks before. No kidding. They kind of regressed to that nasty little habit that they have of (laughs) one hot topic per day and Mm -hmm. five guests. Mm -hmm. Whereas I would prefer to see all hot topics and one guest every couple of weeks one guest (laughs) i was like riding a high last episode because we had just come off of two weeks of like fun hot topics and then they sent me right back into my hole (laughs) yeah i think i have different visions for the show for me it's a show about hot topics for them it's largely an interview based program but mm-hmm. it is what it is. They spent a full week talking about Meghan Markle, which I actually yep. thought was kind of like interesting. Like I wasn't against that. I was yeah. like, this is definitely a departure from the usual, like because they were going so deep on Meghan Markle. Yeah. And, I and at least there wasn't like there was no point that I can recall, at least where it was like. Any talk of Republican feelings about about Meghan Markle versus Democrat feelings about Meghan Markle. It was a united front uh, against the royals on behalf of Meghan Markle. Yeah, generally, yes. So that was really interesting that they did that for like almost a full week. And mm-hmm. it was, I was just like, great, whatever, like something new. Yeah. And then the week after that, they talked about Cuomo, mm-hmm. who stopped by. I can't even remember. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Meredith Vieira. Yes. She came to The View. (laughs) Beloved View and Who Wants to Be a Millionaire host, Meredith Vieira. The energy when Meredith steps on to the chat. (laughs) The energy when Meredith logged on felt like it felt like when you like work a really long day And then you, like, get into the bath or the shower and you just, like, feel peace for, like, the first time in 18 hours. That was, like, that feeling. Like, it it felt like I was, like, having an aromatherapy, like, bath candle moment. And, like, the friendship or and lesbianism between (laughs) Joy and Meredith, like, (laughs) just so nice. And, like, what a surprise and what a treat that she stopped by it was like so it was so comforting and like you said to see like joy with her again joy introduced her as my original tv lover who is i guess Whoopi is her current tv lover (laughs) yeah just like uh it felt like you know what it felt like kevin it felt like coming home (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was like one moment of lightness and Mm -hmm. happiness in a very Mm -hmm. dark week. Yeah. So we're going to just talk about some of the, I guess, like, dare I say, like, the spicier ones? Like, I hesitate Mm -hmm. to call them spicy moments because they are, they're A, a bit lukewarm, and they're also, like, so dark-sided. Like, I want... Are they spicy hots? I think they're just dark-sided moments. So we're going (laughs) to recap the dark-sided moments from the last couple of weeks. 
dark and like, spicy it's like, hots dark it, spicy like, hots they're they're spicy they're hot they're sad dark sided <laughs> they're because doom and gloom it was like it was like serious topics but then inevitably something would happen in them discussing it where they couldn't see eye to eye and they would art like they would be like fighting with each other and i was like this topic is already upsetting i need all of my moms to get along right now and not <laughs> fight with each other about it yeah so here are the evil little spicy hots that's what i'm calling them <laughs> starting with oh starting with dr seuss again he's back and he's yep. back in the hot topics really weird it's like it's so weird. It's like, I almost feel like we brought this upon ourselves. Yeah. So they they rehashed the Dr. Seuss topic without having anything new to add to the conversation, except that Whoopi wanted to clarify that it was the family that decided mm-hmm. to take these books out of circulation. Because, it, I mean, if, just to repeat, like... The family of Dr. Seuss has decided to pull six of his books because of racist imagery. And Whoopi reiterated that it was the family that decided it. It wasn't Democrats or Republicans. And so basically, like, it's the exact same topic, but just with what we said. Yeah, (laughs) it's like the problem with the first time when they talked about it was that they acted as if it was a, a quote-unquote cancel culture issue where like people were so outraged at the content of these books that they were forcing this poor family or the these poor publishers to take mm-hmm. these books away. It was like and, a redo. Yeah. <laughs> and that was what we said our problem with the topic was, was that like no one pointed that out. So then they decided to do a whole topic where they pointed that out. But the way that Whoopi set it up, if I could add, is she... The way they, like, added to the conversation was by saying eBay has followed suit (laughs) by taking them off their website as well, even though you can buy other racist books on eBay. Should eBay be more consistent? (laughs) And this surprisingly eventually turned into an evil little spicy hot. Mm -hmm. It was like... So it seemed like everyone understood the assignment with this, where they were supposed to just go, oh, okay, yeah, it was a family. Okay, got it. <laughs> but instead, I felt like Megan missed the whole point of them doing this because she still was, like, trying to talk about the cancellation of it and are we too sensitive and are we going too far? It's like she completely missed the fact that we were only talking about this to clarify that the family wanted these books removed. And so I feel like that whole thing is what partly led to like her misunderstanding of the assignment is what led to the evil spicy hot. I think I, yeah, but I don't think she was alone because the thing that I think initially triggered her was that Sunny said, like, I agree, this is not about cancel culture, mm-hmm. but I also think that this is about the right trying to discourage people from really looking at what happened at the Capitol and the insurrection, and it's a big yeah. distraction. So I think that is what set 
set it down a different path. Mm-hmm. Because after Sunny brought the insurrection into it and how this Dr. Seuss and like this conversation about cancel culture is yeah. uh, a distraction from for the right, that's what Meg Megan chime in uh, and and start talking about her favorite topic, which is the culture war. And she mm-hmm. says, it's not just about canceling Dr. Seuss. It's Mr. Potato Head. It's Peppy Le Pew. And Whoopi is, Whoopi, here's Peppy Le Pew. And she's like, oh, man, that's so sad. <laughs> that's so sad. I mean, I just heard that they were taking Peppy Le, Peppy Le Pew out yeah. of uh, Space Jam. And I think to myself, well, couldn't y'all have just written... A, a couple of lines to say, you know, Peppy doesn't do that anymore because he knows it's not okay to jump on on other skunks who may not be as interested in him as he's interested. I just have to say, like, I think that Whoopi might be the only person on earth who's like going to be missing Peppy Le Pew or even <laughs> notice notice Peppy Le Pew's absence in I Space know. Jam Two. And so then Joy replies, "Well." No one likes Pepe Le Pew anyway. He smells. But Joy, what do you make over uh, of all this uproar? Well, nobody likes Pepe Le Pew anyway. He smells. So he's not exactly I a do. role model. Just FYI. I like Pepe. I mean, Pepe. that's why they call him Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> <laughs> but what Whoopi is saying is true. Pepe Le Pew has been fired from Space Jam 2, <laughs> will not be appearing in the movie, uh-huh. and... What Whoopi said about, like, why do they have to cancel Pepe Le Pew? Why can't they just rewrite the character to have, like, a scene where he learns that, like, it's not okay to just Uh jump on people that you like. Right. I read this article on Deadline that apparently they did actually do that. They wrote a whole entire scene where it says Pepe was set to appear... (laughs) in a black and white Casablanca style scene where uh-huh. he was playing a bartender. Naturally. I see how all of this fits into the plot of Space Jam 2. Okay. <laughs> and he starts hitting on a woman and he begins kissing her arm and with, and uh, she pulls back and slams him into the chair next to hers and, and pours her drink on Pepe, slaps him, uh, which apparently sends him spinning in a stool and then LeBron James' hand stops the stool from spinning. Then uh, LeBron James makes a remark about how Pepe can't just go grabbing other tunes without their consent. Right. That's a lot to, yeah, there's, there's a lot to unpack from all of that and the fact that it's in Space Jam 2. <laughs> I, it, you know, it's like, I'm not saying that I disagree, I think that there is something to be said to be said about having a transformative moment for the character where people and kids can see that is Space Jam 2 the time and place? I can't I don't I can't make that call. I'm not a Disney executive. That's a, I don't that's know. That's a thing and I also don't know if like like it could happen somewhere else. Like Pepe Le Pew, yeah. we can still get this scene somewhere else even if it didn't fit in space jam 2 but apparently pepe is just he's not there's no plans for pepe they fully pepe's out he has been fired from the toon squad 
But back to this discussion on The View, uh, Joy kind of agrees with Sunny saying that like the whole pearl-clutching outrage about cancel culture thing is fully a distraction. And that's Mm. when she brings in Mm -hmm. the COVID relief package, saying that not a single Republican voted for the COVID relief package. And they don't want you to be talking about this. They don't want you to notice this because it's a really popular package. (laughs) Like, it's things that people need. So they don't want you to be talking about the fact Mm -hmm. that all of the Republicans voted against it. That's what they're doing right now. That is the distraction. Let's be clear. It's been a hot topic on the show. It's because 9% of the bill is actually going to COVID relief. Out of all that, it's completely filled with pork. And it's basically a left-wing fever dream of of things that are pushed into this bill along with it. That was conservatives' problem with it. And now that we have... What, so that's a 60% of the Americans. No, I think, that, I think that we should have that relief bill only going to COVID relief, not for anything else, only paychecks to average Americans. 9% of that entire bill is going to Americans. That's the problem conservatives with it. It's not because we yeah. hate poor people Sam. and we don't want people to have help during the worst economic crisis of my generation. And I think that narrative yeah. and framing right. of it is not only wildly insulting, but it's actually <coughs> inaccurate. It's not that we hate poor people. We just yeah. don't want them to have all these things that they need. We it's only like, want them to have a little bit of the things that they need. <laughs> here's the thing, too, is like I was actually really surprised that Megan said that because she got got by some random person's Facebook post that went viral. This person made up this number saying only 9% of the bill is actually actually contains Um, money directly going to people for COVID relief. They just made that up and it went viral. And then a bunch of other outlets or a bunch of outlets and fact checkers had to publish articles being like, this isn't true. Stop going with this 9% uh, number. Well, okay. Like that's funny, but also like, even if she was right. In the fantasy (laughs) that she was even correct. It's still like her saying it's, about Republicans, it's not because we hate poor people and don't want people to have help. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, then what is it? Yeah. If it's not that, then what it's is it? It's literally that. But okay. And then she continues yeah. and just out of nowhere is like, and I love George Washington. Over it today. By the way, I love George Washington. What's your, what's your Republicans over it today. Over it today. Okay, over so what today. we're going to do is we're going to take a break Down right girl. now because it, it just it isn't uh, working as well as we like. We'll be back. I have no what? idea what is going on at this point. What? <laughs> it's not that we don't hate poor people. We just hate poor people. <laughs> we just hate giving money to poor people. It's not that we hate the people. It's that we hate having to help them. <laughs> That's basically what she, what that's how it came off to me. Like how do you that's say that? That's what I that? heard. And then yeah, of course. So then Joy tries to rebuttal what Megan said and that's what led to the over it today, over it today, over it today, just not listening to anything anyone yeah. has to say about it. And it was like a very real housewife style moment. Yeah. The like the sad part about it was like as Megan was trying to say over today, I think they probably had some, originally they had some time left in the segment, so they were supposed to go to Sarah. So like Whoopi is trying to like interrupt being like, Sarah, I'd like to hear from you. 
while Joy and Megan are having this thing going on between them, and while Megan is repeating over it today, then Whoopi is finally just like, okay, well, we're going to go to break because it just isn't working as well as we'd like. (laughs) And as this is happening, uh, Joy starts going, down, girl, down. (laughs) It just was not going as well as they'd like. (laughs) And, like, did they need to bring Pepe into it? The thing about the Pepe thing is, like, the reason why I was so shocked at Whoopi being so sad about it was, like, he's such a tiny, tiny side character. Like, he never has more than, like, two lines in a feature film anyway. I don't even remember if he's in the first Space Jam. That's why I'm, like, why is this, like, breaking news that he is no longer in the second one? As if people were, like... God, I cannot wait to see what Pepe Le Plume brings in Space Jam 2. Well, you know what? That's that thing with Whoopi where she has so many famous friends and sometimes she can't help but stick up for them, even when they're in the wrong. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Okay, the next evil little spicy hot is about the immigration crisis because they were discussing how Biden has become, he has been president for about, for over 50 days now, but critics think that he needs to move faster on the immigration crisis. And based Mm -hmm. on the tone in Joy's voice as she read that off the teleprompter, I would say she doesn't agree. (laughs) He's working too hard. President Biden was given the keys to the country about 50 days ago. But critics say he needs to move faster on the immigration crisis. And Republicans like Texas Governor Greg Abbott accuse him of having, quote unquote, open borders, which is not true. There was kind of like two, there was almost like two topics at hand when discussing this, because at the same time, they're talking about how critics are saying that there are still kids in cages and he's not moving fast enough. And then also they were discussing that other critics are saying that the Biden administration has too much of an open border policy. Yeah, that's the that's those are the things at hand here that they're trying to discuss. So Joy asked the panel, "How should he handle the border crisis? What's a guy to do?" And it was like, "Okay, view p- co-hosts, solve immigration." Yes, it was very that. <laughs> Anna kicked it off by talking about how until the root causes of the problem are addressed, like in Mm. these countries, it's always going to be a problem. But she said that she does believe that Biden is focused on finding a solution. Then it gets to Megan, and her take on this is so... There's so much to unpack, as we say, because she points out that Biden ran on having no deportations in the first 100 days. Um, and she's implying that, that that promise and people knowing that is what helped lead to the influx of people at the border. And she points right. out how this has led to children being held in jail-like facilities. And she says that 
kids in cages and jail-like facilities are pretty much the same. This is not a conservative talking point. If you don't believe me, believe Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who has absolutely been hammering President Biden on this issue, and I applaud her uh, for being honest about this, for holding her feet to the fire to a Democrat president in the same way that she did President Trump. I would love other Democrats to take her lead on this as well. As Anna said, this is a, this is a serious and nuanced issue. I, too, am for comprehensive immigration reform, as I think anyone who grew up on a border state is, but I also am not for a, a floodgate of open borders where we are housing children in these facilities, quote, jail-like facilities, in, in the absolute most inhumane kind of godless experience that I think all of humanity has to offer. Sunny then goes on to say that the comparison of jail-like facilities to kids in cages is a right-wing talking point, and she points out how, like, the big difference is that, like, Biden's not separating children from their families. Right. And she's saying it's kind of a similar thing to the the Dr. Seuss thing where she's like, this is like a right-wing talking point. It's a distraction. It's a right-wing talking point. I Sunny said something that I think almost like triggered, it, trig- it triggered a reaction from Megan, which I felt was when like the shift in what Megan was saying like really happened because Sunny said that at, almost as a rebuttal to what Megan said, Sunny said the reason why the numbers are higher now than they were with Trump, that the amount of children being held is higher now is because, and this is what Sunny said, is because that the parents know that the Biden administration would be handling their children more humanely. So she's implying that more people are sending their kids because they'll be treated better than they were under Trump, which is why the numbers are high, because Megan said that the numbers were high, which then prompted Megan to rebuttal that point by saying that the reasons that the numbers are higher are because drug cartels are sending children and drug cartels see an opening. I'm from Arizona. <laughs> That's what she said. What, they are being held um, in, in these facilities that are cages. They're adult holding cells. They shouldn't be held there. But there is, um, you know, I, I think that Biden administration is committed to handling this in a more humane way. There is no comparison to be made with the way the Trump administration handled this crisis right. at the border. And the reason there's more of a and crisis, I, let me just say this very quickly, the reason there's yeah. more of a crisis is because people knew that the Biden administration would be handling their children more humanely. That is why we're seeing the That's uptick right. in migration here. It's also that because is, That is exactly are, why they're coming here. No, it's it is a problem, because but I, I, I have my money on Joe that. Biden. I feel that Joe Biden has empathy and I think he'll figure this out. We'll talk more. Seeing the opening in this and taking, and people have to pay drug cartels $50,000 to go over, and that's also what's going on. Drug cartels are going to find out soon. Give the guy a chance. Give the guy a chance, Meg. But the thing that I don't understand is is Sonny not essentially making the exact same point as Megan? But Megan's saying it as though it's a bad thing, whereas yes. Sonny is saying it as though it's kind of a good thing. Because Meg- Megan is saying these people came because Biden said he wasn't going to deport them. But Sonny is like, yeah, they came That's because they the knew he wasn't going to treat them poorly. That's the complication of them talking about the two topics at once. The duality of them <laughs> trying to debate, does Biden have too much of an open border policy at the same time as them trying to discuss 
how like is he moving fast enough getting these kids out of these facilities yeah. so like the problem with them having both those topics at once is that megan and sunny are saying the same thing but they're both approaching it from it's, completely opposite points of view it's so frustrating to listen to and then as they're talking joy is like come on give the guy a chance give the guy a chance megan old joe joey <laughs> and it was like that is act one of this topic yeah (laughs) it's not done it's not over it's funny because then when they come back from break and sarah gets to talk it's like she was putting on like woman explaining things on an igtv video voice (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) what's a fact about immigration that lives in your head rent free She was trying to, like, break it down. It felt very, like, TikTok video where she was trying to break down why it's so complicated, which I I appreciated that because it is super nuanced, super complicated. There are many ways to look at it. Sarah was trying to break it down for us, and in doing so, she said something that, (laughs) to the effect of, I think that I'd rather the kids be held here than be sent back to countries where it's unsafe for them. Yeah, she was echoing the same point that Sunny kind of said, which is that like we didn't hear much from Republicans when Trump was dealing with immigration, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden now that Biden is dealing with it, he isn't doing enough. She was like, there's a lot of work to be done, but we need to give him more than just 54 days. Megan is just, she's still hot from act one. (laughs) And she's like, I'm sorry. He removed the remain in Mexico policy. No deportation in the first 100 days. And then carries on as though she's making a list, but just says those two things again. (laughs) She's like, he removed the remain in Mexico policy. No deportations in the first 100 days. He removed the remain in Mexico policy. No deportation in the first 100 days. There's a lot of work to be done here, so I think we need to give them more than 54 I'm, days. I'm sorry, that's he removed the remain in Mexico agree. Remember policy. the caravans? Talk about, talk about the politics. In the first 100 days, no deportation. He removed the remain in Mexico policy, and I'm sorry, the idea that give a guy a break while kids are being held in jail-like facilities, the American public are not stupid people. Again, I don't know exactly what she's trying to say. It's like she's mm-hmm. complaining about these things that seem like they would be like a good thing but she's saying them in a way as though they're bad i don't know yeah like like the remain in mexico policy like i don't know much but i did some googling and it sounds like it was pretty not a good policy for this situation and she's like he removed it it's like well it's probably for the best and Uh, She's saying, like, no deportations in the first 100 days, which he did not do, but he ran on that. Yeah. Like, she's just saying words. She's literally just (laughs) saying words in an angry tone. Well, it's confusing because what she was saying, like, at first I looked at it and was like, okay, well, at least someone is calling him out for things when everyone else is like, let's give him a chance. But then other things that she she was saying went against that. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I was confused. I w- it's like I was happy that I literally anyone was bringing something to the table other than being like, no, it's fine. We trust him. That's what well, I was happy for. 
but I understand what you're saying that like I don't we don't even know what the motivation between or behind her saying these things was well I think what you're saying like you're happy to hear someone being like there are kids in jail yeah and like same I'm with you where it was like yeah refreshing that someone was like there are kids in these like weird facilities mm-hmm. but ultimately they all seem to actually agree on this topic but mm-hmm. Going back to Sarah, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Sarah was saying there's a lot of work to be done and we need to give him more than just 54 days. Like we haven't heard much from Republicans when Trump was doing this. Mm -hmm. And then Sarah was like, I'd rather have them held than released back into their country. But the problem with Megan talking over her at this moment is that like you really only heard her say, I'd rather have them held. Yeah. Sorry, the idea that give a guy a break while kids are being held in jail-like facilities, the American public are not stupid people. I'd rather the idea have them that held kids than released are going back into be, countries well, where I'm glad that you're okay with children being held in jail-like facilities. I think because that's I think a all people, well, I think all people all the no way one's around, okay what you're with saying that. isn't Stop accurate, it. Sarah. At this point, Megan is so riled up and just starts yelling at Sarah, <laughs> saying what Sarah is saying is inaccurate. What did Sarah even say? Like, she's like, what Sarah's saying is inaccurate. The idea that this is all Republicans' fault, that Sarah did not not say that. She didn't say that. It just completely goes off the rails after that because then Megan starts mentioning Lindsey Graham and Obama. There's just complete chaos. Anna now wants to speak. Anna always picks the worst times to, like, be like, hell, hold up. I'm going to fix this. Like, you are not going to clean this up. It sucks because I actually wanted to hear, like, I really wanted to hear what she had to say because she came in so fired up that I was like, oh, she has, like, a really good fact or, like, something really good to say. And instead they were just like, I'm sorry, Anna, we're out of time. (laughs) We can't. We can't. Yeah. Then Joy was just like, cut the mics. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But what Sarah's saying is it's just not factually accurate. The idea that this is all Republicans. What's accurate? It is accurate accurate that no Republicans, no Republicans spoke about it for four years and now all of a sudden they're horrified by it. Lindsey Graham, who you hate more than anyone, is one of the biggest proponents of comprehensive immigration reform and has been championing that for decades. It wasn't all Trumpism. And I think the idea, again, by the way, the deporter in chief was President Obama. Let's, I I can't, the idea that everything is just different in the first whatever days that President Biden is having right now is just, it is not intellectually honest. No, but listen, it's not intellectually. Let me do Joy, I need to talk okay. some facts about what is happening there. We're and out it of is time. that right now, We're out of time. this government is working so hard to make sure that those kids have representation. They're working with local organizations. And then after that happened, Megan actually like took a really deep breath and then smiled. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I know that we've mentioned it before. But this topic and this like evil little spicy hot really reinforced to me that like I don't I'm just putting this out there. I don't think Megan likes Sarah very much because she really came for her about that and was making it into uh, like she really took one thing that Sarah said that she could have just let let go because she knew what Sarah meant and instead she decided to like pick at it like a hangnail and like not let it go when like everyone else had said the exact same point yeah 
what Sarah's saying is inaccurate. I'm like, sorry, did Sarah even speak? I don't even remember her speaking. <laughs> Moving right along the dark-sided evil train, the next little dirty, spicy, evil moment McNugget is this, oh, oh, yes. They had, they started to talk about one thing, and by the end, they were talking about Antifa. Yep. <laughs> Auntie and Uncle Tifa. <laughs> because a senator, I think his name was, his name is Ron Johnson. Is that correct? Does that sound right? Senator Ron so, Johnson. Senator Johnson, who's a Republican senator, I think from Wisconsin. He did an interview, not with The View, but with like, some, it, to me, it was like a no-name brand weird. Cameron Hall, probably. No, <laughs> no, no. It was like. One of those, like, you know, now media, something like that. Okay. Um, where he said that he didn't feel threatened at all on uh, January 6th when the uh, Capitol riots happened. And he was kind of laughing, being like, why would anyone feel threatened? And he said he didn't feel threatened at all, but that if the people storming the Capitol had been Black Lives Matter or Antifa, then maybe he would have felt scared. He also said that the people that stormed the Capitol were people that just loved their country and that he knew that they respect law enforcement, so they mm-hmm. would never do anything to break a law. People that love this country, that truly respect the law enforcement, and would never do anything to break a law, but they did. Everything they were doing was illegal, plus they killed law enforcement officers so everything he said was not accurate and the comments about black lives matter protesters Mm -hmm. and antifa it's just so outrageous yeah so they played a clip of the interview and then when they went back to the co-hosts Whoopi was just like can anybody explain what this man is talking about like can someone please tell me what he thinks he's saying and she was like sunny i want to hear from you but joy was so fired up about it that she did not wait for sunny to speak and she was just like well i will tell you (laughs) Joy just barged right in there it was like i will tell you this man is a racist and if he thinks that he would be safer with like these criminals taking over the capital then he's He's horribly racist. If I was surrounded by people carrying weapons, uh, people erecting nooses, a screaming hang Mike Pence, bludgeoning a police officer to death, I might be a little scared. But Ron, no, he's not scared <laughs> of those people. He's scared of this fictitious idea of Antifa, a thing that doesn't even exist. He needs to go. Sonny's comments on this were that this man said the quiet part out loud. Yeah. Because he's not even trying to hide the fact that he is racist. He just said it outright. Um, Joy, when she was talking about, um, when she brought up what this guy said and what what he said was like so fucked up, she was like, he is like scared of the Black Lives Matter movement and he's scared of Antifa, which is like a fantasy creation that doesn't exist. Which... No one else commented on when they spoke, except when it got to Megan. Megan was like, 
I agree with what Sunny says. Like, this man is a racist. Okay, like, point blank and the period. Mm-hmm. But one more thing. <laughs> Antifa exists. Yeah. Like, just make, just leave it. Set it and forget it. Just be like, I agree. He's horrible. Instead, she, it's like she made a good point. People were like, wow, I actually agree with her. Then she, like, stepped backwards in time. <laughs> made a bad point and it was like oh why i'm not letting joy get away with that antifa is a a dangerous and counterproductive organization antifa does exist we can walk and chew gum at the same time we can say ron johnson's an absolute moron we can say that not all uh, activism is is violent but the idea that antifa doesn't exist is just is just factually inaccurate and wrong and a lie then joy comes back at her and is like well actually this FBI official released a statement clarifying that, like, the group, it's not an organized group. Joy? I just want to clarify that Christopher Ray, who is the FBI director, says that Antifa is an ideology, not an organization. There is no sign that they were involved in the Capitol siege. Let's be clear. I'm not saying That's they were involved in the Capitol siege. I'm okay. saying they exist. That's all. I'm done. It exists. I said my said thing, and you, you said, said yours. You said it was we're a done. fantasy. You said Antifa doesn't exist, we'll and it's a right fantasy back. like this. It's, a, it's an idea. It's an no, idea. It's I like the idea of Antifa? like I don't know. <laughs> I like the idea of either Joy just like having this reference on her phone, anticipating that Megan would try to explain to her that Antifa doesn't exist, or halfway through the segment, getting on her phone and Googling (laughs) to find the FBI director's quote. (laughs) (laughs) Well, enough enough about my Aunt Fa. One final dark-sided little evil moment that they talked about was the shooting massacre in Atlanta Mm -hmm. where eight people, seven of them women, six of them Asian women were murdered. And they were the re, the thing they were really discussing was how the sheriff, I guess, when briefing the press about it, said about the killer that like the killer was having a bad day and that he had a sex addiction and saw them as an outlet for that, I guess, and basically just downplayed the actual event mm-hmm. and and the possibility and likelihood that it was a hate crime. Mm-hmm. And um, somehow in the most unexpected turn of events, this did kind of lead to a little bit of an argument eventually. Mm-hmm. Everyone was on the same page that this was a hate crime. Sunny said, you can't establish criminal intent from the criminal's perspective. Yeah. And she also pointed out that like, when talking about these stories, we need to center the victims and not the criminal. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was particularly interesting because, like, they had literally just put up a photo of the murderer, said his full name, and even put up his picture on YouTube as the thumbnail for the video. Yeah. I found that really disturbing. And, And Sunny, you made, like, so many great points in this what she said uh, about not making this a mental health issue was really uh, important. And I think that's kind of where there was a bit of an argument between the words that Sarah had chosen 
to use when she was discussing it. This is like why this became like a weird little thing. Sarah starts talking about how like there are many layers to this story. There's the racism, but there's also guns, sex, uh, sex addiction, and mental health. Mm-hmm. Sunny is like, no, with a heart emoji. And then says, but like when you look at mental health stats, mm-hmm. it's not like people with mental health issues that are committing violence. And in fact, it's usually the other way around. So let's not make, let's not frame this as a mental health yeah. issue. Like, let's not even do that. But Sarah is like, well, as someone who has anxiety and depression, you can't rule out in an extreme situation that, like, someone could snap, basically. That's and literally the words that she used, was someone could snap. Sunny, Not the a, other as, way just around. Just to be clear, as someone who suffers from mental health issues, including anxiety and depression... I'm not saying about you, no, Sarah. I, no, I'm no, 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 but I'm I read saying a lot that of that yesterday, and I, it's, it's tough. I understand that, but you can't rule out in extreme situations. There are people that stand at the spectrums of these issues. Not everyone with mental health snaps like that. I, I too, would have a glass of wine and watch a show, and I do suffer with anxiety and depression but I'm saying that you can't rule out that there are mental elements that are not well this kid had had I don't I'm not saying that's the only lane but I'm seeing a lot of reporting in the investigation of them looking into that as well which they should it just follows the the whole thing that we see happen in the media so often when like young white men are shooters and perpetrators of violence they always get swept under this oh mental health issue rug and it's like it's so um, not the way that anyone else gets treated in a scenario like this. Yeah. And it almost, like, it tries to, like, make us feel bad or tries to, like, make us understand, like, oh, okay, well, yeah, like, he was having a hard day. Okay. It's just, it's so, like, pointless and stupid and, like, we've moved so far beyond that. Why is she choosing this to, like, make her, her issue? I also just think that generally she had a very different approach to addressing it than anyone else did. She kept referring to him as this kid. Like he's a 21-year-old man. No one did else. Did she? I she didn't kept even yeah, notice. she kept saying this kid. And I just was like, this is the when we talk about the way that um, media treat um, young white men who are killers versus the way they treat like a a young black guy who gets arrested or you know like uh, anything like that we treat them so differently and even joy was trying to like kind of explain it in her way of being like um because weirdly sarah then brought up ted bundy right this this let's this is like where it got weird yeah but you have to look it's at so the funny statistics, this... Sarah, and less than 2% of people with mental health issues go out and kill six Asian women. Right, That's but do you fact. think someone like That's Ted right. Bundy is mentally healthy, or do you think there's also a problem there? Psychopathic. Like, I don't think mental it's health different. issues caused, it's a psychopathic. caused Ted Bundy C- to kill. You know what, guys? Right psychosis, now, we're going to break. We'll be right back. The other part to this story is... So in this topic, Megan was just as outraged as everyone else about, like, Mm -hmm. the police's downplaying of this as a hate crime. She mentioned that she was not for defunding the police, but she thought this response was really cavalier and heartless. And she said that we are in a crisis in terms of Asian hate crimes rising. And 
after those statements, some people on Twitter were quick to point out that this is actually a shift in her opinion from Mm -hmm. what she said about a year ago. And this is kind of why I was like looking back at a year ago on Deja the View. There was a, a Daily Beast article that came out a year ago when they were discussing Trump and how he would refer to COVID as the China virus. Mm. They were discussing that on The View and her stance on it then is a bit different than it is now. To like recap where it was at a year ago, mm-hmm. it was that weird transition when Joy had decided to take some time off and mm-hmm. stay home. Whoopi had it was her first day, I think, staying home, yeah. but still moderating the view. And it was just Sunny and Megan in the studio with guest host Sarah Haynes mm-hmm. and Dan Abrams, uh-huh. who is He's been on the show a bunch of times in the past. He's ABC News's chief legal correspondent. Right. So this Daily Beast article that everyone is sharing around is it's about how Megan said that she has no problem with labeling it the China virus. Mm-hmm. In the video of how the discussion actually went down, Dan Abrams is the one who says initially that if the left gets too focused on this issue of what of Trump calling it that mm-hmm. then he will win. So if right. you get too focused, if you focus too much on the racism, Trump yeah. will win the election. Such a bad take, aged like milk, like yeah. just horrible. Also he, like I can't believe he's like the legal guy. Like, oh God, what a horrible take. If people start focusing on what is he calling it the Chinese virus versus the coronavirus, look, do I think he should be calling it the Chinese virus? No. But I think it's a losing argument uh, for the left to make. It's not right, but it's okay. And Whoopi immediately is like, people are going to start punching them in the streets. That's what Whoopi says. And then Megan is like, I agree with you, Dan, if the left wants to focus on PC labeling this virus, it's a great Mm -hmm. way to get Trump reelected. I agree with you that I think if the left wants to focus on PC labeling this virus, it is a great way to get Trump reelected. I don't have a problem with people calling it whatever they want. It's a deadly virus that did originate in Wuhan. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. And like Megan's a big part of Megan's point was like, I'm going to call it that or I'm okay with calling it that as a call out to the Chinese government for like hiding facts or lying or misleading about it. So it seemed like she was being like, I'm doing it as a call out. Okay, if you can be like, I'm doing it as a call out, ignoring the facts that calling it that is so harmful to a whole group of people and will lead to violence against that group of people, but at least you got your point across, is like so stupid. Yeah, who that's thinks, my I, point. I tweeted about this you know. days ago because a woman I follow on Twitter named Jenny Han, her sister was um, the recipient. I know you can't hear me. I can see that you can't hear me, Whoopi, but she was the recipient of yeah. some racial targeting. 
obviously anyone that knows anything mm -hmm. about me knows that I wouldn't be a proponent of that. But I do think the idea that we're just going to let China off the hook and what you were saying, Dan, there is a lot of misinformation. They are using social media to target Americans to try and, and spread misinformation about our military and about our media. And the idea that I'm just going to let China get away with it and get off the hook. I'm simply saying the same no way he came in saying Mexicans and rapists mm -hmm. uh, are coming here to get Americans is the same. Yeah. It's almost like she's like being naive about it or playing naive by being like, by criticizing the government of China. People know I'm not criticizing Asian Americans, duh. But it's like she's playing by naive by thinking that people won't make that like stereotype. That's exactly you know? it. It's like, that's so nice for you that you like can just sit there and have a conversation about how mm -hmm. Trump's racism yeah. is a great political strategy. And like, you know, people, people's opinions can change and things can evolve over the yeah. course of a year. But like, yikes, like that was yeah. bad. And I wouldn't have really even remembered that had it not um, popped up on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I was trying to see like, did we talk about this? And we didn't really because the episode where that happened a year ago was when, like, we literally did an episode where we talked about Rosie, the return of Rosie, Rosie Live. Uh -huh. And then we just had, like, a general conversation about, like, the view during coronavirus and we didn't get into anything specific. Mm -hmm. It's crazy, like, listening to what Whoopi and Sunny were saying a year ago sounded like what like that it could have been the conversation from this week yeah on a slightly lighter note on this like horrific topic mm -hmm. okay magazine definitely got right to the heart of the issue oh they wrote this article after seeing how this went how this discussion occurred on the view mm -hmm. they said Sarah Haynes wears neon yellow Alice and Olivia sweater during heated exchange with Sunny Hostin. <laughs> if you're going to debate, might as well do it in style. Stop. On the Thursday, March 18 episode of The View, emotions ran high when co-hosts Sunny Hostin and Sarah Haynes discussed the effect mental health could have had on a person who is capable of murder. The conversation, which got so heated that Whoopi Goldberg had to intervene, was sparked after a man killed eight people, six of whom were Asian women, at three Atlanta-area spas earlier this week. As Haynes voiced her opinion, all eyes were on the 43-year-old who wore a bright neon yellow cable-knit turtleneck sweater by Alice and Olivia, the shocking oh hue which has been one of the biggest trends this season, has also been rocked by the likes of Kim Kardashian, Hailey Bieber, and Jennifer Lopez. That has to be number one most horrific SpawnCon. <laughs> yeah, most horrific dystopian piece of SpawnCon I've ever, ever seen or heard. Absolute dystopian world. Like, we live in the upside down it's so crazy and like <laughs> i'm trying to like make sense of how this would come about and if it was a scenario where like they had to do a sponsored content post for alice and olivia and like 
this was the only thing they could find. And then they decided, yeah, it's fine. Let's let's do it anyway. We'll make it work. <laughs> I want to cry. I Yeah, I want to cry. And I want, like, I just want the internet to go down. <laughs> the <laughs> and grid. erase. Mm. Uh, yeah, I want mm-hmm. the, I just want the Katie grid to, like, this. reset. Yeah. Hitting the reset button and just, like, deleting all of those kinds of articles <laughs> would be great for society i think yeah Yeah. so okay something i wanted to end on since it was such an evil episode is i was thinking about how well actually i'm pretty sure someone dm'd recently about how the view is going on their 25th season next year Mm, and they were like i wonder if they'll do anything the person who dm'd it to us is joe okay we did it joe (laughs) Thank you, Joe. I was thinking, like, what would your, like, fantasy be to celebrate season 25 of The View? Well, I I want to stay optimistic because I know that Joy is fully vaccinated. Anna got, I think, her first shot. Yeah. Whoopi got her first shot. So I feel like with the way that the vaccine rollout is going in the States, that by august september September, everyone should be fully vaccinated i don't see a reason why they should continue to broadcast from a good reason (laughs) yeah a good reason (laughs) why they should continue to broadcast from home if that's the case and so my fantasy would be you know remember when they brought out all of those all of the um the women journalists Oh, when they yeah, brought yeah. out all the women journalists who came yes. and like oh, shook Barbara's the Avengers. Hand. Yes. <laughs> when- Katie Couric, like voiced by Oprah, like Gail King, Connie Chung. Exactly. When that happened, that is like the scenario I'm imagining for the, the View's 25th anniversary where like all of the co-hosts who are who are like able to like go to New York can be there. I would even I would be willing to settle for a big zoom of all of the co-hosts mm. or like videos um package that they had sent in. I'd be happy with that. I just don't want best of like 90 second best of clip package. That's what I don't want. I want to see like past co-hosts brought into this. My fear is that it would just literally just be like a slideshow of pictures set to the Mary J. Blige theme song. Like at this point, <laughs> that's where my expectations are at. Um, uh, okay, my pitch for what I would do, mm-hmm. sim- very similar to yours, it's uh, all of the co-hosts come back and wrestle. Just kidding. It would be... Okay, what I would do... So you know how they did... A few years ago, they maybe it was 10 years. I don't know what the celebration was for doing this, but they had the original co-host come back and they hosted the show for a day. Like Star, Debbie, Meredith, Joy. Yeah. No Barbara. But they hosted the entire show for a day. It was amazing. Yeah. I would do that, but I would do each iteration of the panel for a week (laughs) oh my god that would be so wild yes so it'd be like a day with debbie a day with lisa 
mm-hmm. and then a day with the original panel and Elizabeth, mm-hmm. then move on to the Rosie tooth. This is where it gets complicated, but it's yeah. where it's where it gets good. <laughs> you convince Rosie and Elizabeth to reunite on the fucking show and they apologize to each other talk about must-see tv like Like, talk about set your pbr they just they and it doesn't even have to go that deep it's better if it does but like they have some sort of exchange where they're like yeah i won't talk about you you won't talk about me or something something like that Mm -hmm. that would be incredible and then they move on from there and do the Sherry Whoopi Elizabeth oh years for a yeah. day. And then I don't need them to do like all of the craziness of the years that ensued <laughs> after that. Like I don't need Jenny McCarthy. I don't need like all of that. But the <laughs> next <laughs> But like maybe do like the I would like Raven. I would like to see like That's Raven exactly and Michelle. What I was say. Yeah, Raven and Michelle Collins. I was gonna say from there I would do mm-hmm. Whoopi, Rosie Perez, Nicole Wallace, mm-hmm. and Raven and Michelle. Because that yeah. was an iteration at one point. Yeah. And then that's fine. That's enough. <laughs> but it, w- it would just be it would yeah. be the most watched like this show purports currently to be the most watch daytime show in television i know that they don't have an oprah budget but like yeah that would be give us magic incredible and that would make up for pride being canceled again this year in toronto (laughs) because that would be like my pride week yeah so that's my pitch um i don't know where to submit it but (laughs) (laughs) when i find out how to contact Whoopi about the name of Sister Act 3. I will give that that contact info on to you to submit that pitch. Thank you. So uh, that's all for our evil episode. Thank you for listening. And as always, you can find us on Apple Podcasts where you could leave a rating or review. Or if you're loving what you're hearing and you want a little more, We are on Patreon, where you can subscribe to get more episodes every month. Full, big-ass episodes. (laughs) Every time. (laughs) That's the ad. Full, big-ass episodes. Every time. Hope to see you there. In the meantime, we'll be back in another two weeks to try this all again. Feel free to hit us up in our DMs on Twitter and Instagram or even TikTok. And until next time, everyone, brush your teeth, get your shot, and take a little time to enjoy. BMX. Hit it, Abby. That's all, folks. See you later. John Huntsman, the real job creator. Quite frankly, I'd let them put an iPod Nano between my shoulder blades if it means I can get drunk at Caesar's Palace again. We're bringing Huntsman